HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Joe Salonia. Our next guest is Jeff Buck, who is a professional cheesemonger by day and a funny man comedian by night. He currently works at DTLA Cheese, owned by Lydia and Marnie Clark and Reed Herrick, and produces three different comedy shows in Los Angeles, working with talents such as Patton Oswalt and Nikki Glaser. He's also host of the Say Cheese podcast. Jeff, welcome to Cutting the Curd. Hey, uh, Joe. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to be here. This is my first show back after the summer break. You've been on my mind. And I'm really looking forward to hearing more about what you have going on in your world. And like, what is this? What a combination, cheese and comedy together. What could be better? So how did you get into this cheese comedy amalgamation? How did that come together? Yeah, so I moved to I moved to New Orleans in my 20s. I was working as a prep cook at some corporate restaurant, working like 60 to 80 hours a week just to pay the bills. And I moved to a bigger city to kind of perform more comedy uh, more frequently um, but because of the job I had, I didn't really have time to go out at night and do those things. It wasn't really a lot in me at the time. So a friend of mine happened to be over at my apartment one day and he kind of just looked at me in my stupid little chef coat and my stupid hat that they made me wear at this job. And he was like, uh, just kind of bluntly told me, he's like, do you, do you want a new job? You want a different job? And I was like, I would love a new job. Um, so he suggested I go down to, uh, St. James cheese company, which is the cheese shop there in New Orleans. Uh, for an interview, showed up to the interview in full chef pants, coat, hat, knife bag, all of that, um, as professional as I could be, but not really the environment that the kitchen there was. So they all kind of just like laughed at me for coming dressed to the T. Uh, but I did get the job, so <laughs> um, it, it worked out. And I kind of just, you know, so I stumbled into cheese. So you scored the cheese job. Yeah, exactly. I scored that cheese job and I stumbled in the cheese. I wanted that because I just wanted the job. And then uh, they would let me go out at night and perform comedy. And I kind of just fell in love with cheese from there. Like, you know, and I feel like performing comedy and selling cheese are very similar at times, Um, especially if you're behind a cheese case. You know, um, it's like being on stage sometimes. It gives me, you know, 
kind of trying out jokes to break the ice of people and uh, things of that sort. And how long did this? So right at the right at the very start of you doing cheese at St. James, what year are we talking about? How many years ago was that? Oh, um, start of St. I would say that was about 10 years ago. I think that was around 2013, 2014. So I'd say about 10 years ago. And did you get right into comedy at that time? Or were you already in comedy? And did you just start to do this symbiotic tag team? Yeah, I had always been in into comedy for sure. I was doing comedy like in fifth grade talent shows, doing sketches. I started doing stand up uh, at 14 at all age venues and in my hometown of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, once I turned 18, I just was any bar that had an open mic and things of that sort, I would definitely perform at all the time. So comedy was no matter, like I knew from a very young age, like I want to do comedy. Uh, And then the cheese just kind of came uh, along later on. And I was like, oh, I think I want to do cheese and comedy. And it's been quite a combination. So how do you use that? How do you use that combination? Does the cheese help the comedy more? Or does the comedy help the cheese more? Um, yeah, I would say maybe the comedy for me helps the cheese more. Um, I feel like I learn a lot about cheese, um, because of the comedy. Um, you know, I find, yeah, I find it easier to learn anything when I can tie humor into the subject. So I don't know if everyone operates that way, but I love jokes and I love bits. So if you're teaching me something and you sprinkle in a joke about that thing, it'll be easier for me to remember it. So there's like the phrase, there's a grain of truth in every joke. And uh, usually in order for a joke to be funny, it has to be factual. So if I'm going to make jokes about cheese, I need to know that cheese. Um, So an elementary example of that would be, you know, I wouldn't say your story is full of holes. It stinks. It's like cheddar cheese. Uh, that isn't funny because cheddar cheese doesn't have holes. The punchline should be Swiss cheese. That was a very bad example. But, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. I, I feel you, though. I feel you. Um, so, but, but the, the, uh, the crafting of the jokes and, um, and, this, and the base knowledge of cheese, you must obviously have a base knowledge of cheese. I, I've seen, I've seen, I've been with you and I've seen you at work. I've seen you at the cheese counter. You're a legit cheesemonger. I, I've, I've uh, listened to a lot of your Say Cheese podcasts. You have a lot of in-depth stories about different kinds of cheese. So does that seem to be the default? Like the more you learn about cheese, it just seems to generate more of your comedic mind maybe along the way. Or is it part of your survival skill to, to, to keep funny? Because in this world, what are we if we're not you know, keeping uh, some levity to our, to our work on an everyday basis? Yeah, for sure. If you want to get on a deeper level, I think 100% I use like humor as a deflective like survival technique, uh, I, I guess, to just kind of to kind of spearhead through life and let things roll off the back. It's better to just kind of laugh things off. Um, and so, yeah, I guess like the more I learn about cheese, the more the comedy grows, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, I think because the more I learn about anything, the more humor I can develop as well. Yeah, and you did a you did. Um, I remember during this uh, Fête de Fromage, just just really big cheese fest that I traveled down to New Orleans for in 2019, November 2019, when the world was a different place. Yeah, you uh, you had a live version of your Say Cheese uh, podcast, and that yeah. was you had a lot of different elements. You had music, you had like I think a DJ, you had like a side man, you had we were backstage, we were on stage, we had lights, you had a whole production going. Yeah. So I guess that even, I guess I could talk more about that podcast in general. So I did use like, um, I use that podcast, the say cheese podcast was like an educational podcast about cheese, but it was like 
humor was the main crux of it. Like it was a comedy podcast at the end of the day as well. So I kind of used it as a vessel to learn and things like that. And um, I think the live version of that podcast just kind of like grew organically at, because of that festival that um, St. James's Cheese Company was putting on in New Orleans or helped put on in New Orleans. Um, they, uh, you know, it was a right place, right time where I was like, oh, let me just kind of collaborate with them, piggyback with them and have like a little after party event at one of the local venues for after this festival. So we did like a later night uh, live show this um cheese uh podcast since all these cheese professionals were going to be in the area and uh yeah it was a lot of fun so i think like um you know that did help grow a lot of like um comedy stuff for me it opened a lot of new doors just having that podcast getting to work with a lot of different comedians and a lot of different people in the cheese industry of that sort and uh yeah that was a that was a fun wild uh time that live show we did a lot of cool games with like uh it was like um yeah, it was like uh, love, Mary and cheese or something like that. I can't or love, Mary kill, but like with uh, cheese related. I can't remember all the little games we did in there. We had people blind test smells and we would like hold up Grayson and smelly cheeses and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I'd love to see that again. I'd love to see that re, re uh, broadcast because that was before the pandemic, which was in a mind. Let's face it. The pandemic was a mind erasing event for all of us. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was at the pandemic that, I mean, it's, it's insane how things happen before then. We, we just, you have to really look back and, and see copies of it for, for me. Anyway, I, ha- I have a hard time remembering a lot of things before then, uh, career wise, but, but what it was at the pandemic that held you, had you moved to Los Angeles? What led to moving to Los Angeles? Um, I was actually, I was in the, I was in Los Angeles before the pandemic. I just came out, I just kind of flew out to, new orleans uh at that time to just do that event but i was actually i moved to los angeles uh early of 2019 so i'd say like march of 2019 i believe is when i moved to los angeles um and so yeah i started the podcast before the pandemic and it was going well and it was actually the pandemic that kind of deflated my tires with that podcast and you know doing things like this with you guys you know it's like kind of made me you know, want to revisit, maybe bring that podcast back in some sort of way. It might be a different angle. I do it. At. I've definitely had thoughts about that, but, um, yes, yeah, so I was, I was in LA a little bit before that, but, um, yeah, who knows, who knows what'll happen with, uh, the say cheese of it all and, and doing more events like that. Cause I do miss doing those things. Yeah. And now, so, but now you're currently producing three different comedy shows, uh, in Los Angeles and it's a, in a monthly show at, uh, Lydia and Reed's bar, the, the tin fish bar called Kippered. Can you tell us a little more? How, how's all that working? How does that work? What do you got going on there? Sorry, let's back up. I just want to ex- uh, explain to the audience. Tell us the, the cheese shop that you work at now. I, I might have mentioned DTLA cheese really quickly, but just would you mind explaining that too? Yeah, not, no problem uh, whatsoever. Um, so I'm working at DTLA cheese superette right now in Los Angeles. And uh, I've been with that company for about five years now. Um, Lydia and Reed are extremely kind to me. Uh, they helped build up my comedy. Um, I would do a, you know, when I first met them, I was doing comedy shows on the patio of the food market, uh, called grand central market where their, uh, cheese shop was located. And, uh, I, you know, I would make it cheese themed and they would donate the cheese boards and help promote it. So it's kind of like tying in, uh, my work relation with my, um, 
comedy passion as well, just because they were so supportive of me. And uh, even now, they, uh, like you mentioned, they did open a new wine bar uh, about uh, last year. So it's been open a little over a year now, a tin fish and wine themed called Kippered. Uh, and it's located next to their cheese shop, which is called DTLA Cheese Superette. They moved out of Grand Central Market. They are now located on the corner of Fourth and Broadway, which is next to Grand Central Market. I know I'm throwing a lot of information at you, but I hope you're keeping up. Uh, and so, uh, just to recap, they've got DTLH Superette, and then right next, no, absolutely, right next door is their wine bar Kippert. So, boom, boom, right next to each other. And uh, yeah, they've been kind enough to embrace my production skills and everything like that, and they've allowed me to produce a monthly comedy show at their bar. Um, so that comedy show is called Sardines Comedy to kind of tie in with the tin fish of it all. And it's a short, compact, tightly fit comedy show in the back of the bar. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've done about three or four of those shows now. Wow. I mean, how lovely. It sounds like you're connected, you're supported, um, you're in the cheese community. I mean, I, I, I think that's a perfect example of how we support each other in, in the cheese community. So, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but... That you feel supported and connected in this manner, the fact that you're you're working as a cheesemonger, the owners are embracing setting you up for success here with your other passion projects. Yeah, hundred percent. I definitely feel supported and connected in my immediate cheese community as a comedian. Um, uh, it's funny when you work in the service industry or any blue collar environment, and you decide to start being vocal about your passion projects, uh, especially in a kitchen. Sometimes there can be a bit of ball busting, so to speak. However, I find in like cheese shops and those tied to cheese uh, to the cheese community, it's it's a community full of artists and, and it's full of creatives is what I find. And so I think because cheese itself is a tel it's a delicate thing and there's an art to cheese. So all the way down to the packaging of it, the design of the labels, the shapes of the wheels, the stories that we tie to them. Um, you know, comedians are storytellers and cheese makers are storytellers. So I feel like I can be myself in this community and I'm, I'm very well accepted and uh, everyone just wants to build each other up. It seems like a very like um, open and, and uh, loving community uh, from my experience. That's what I love most about our community is that it's, it is full of artists and creatives and, and there's so many interesting parallels in our industry between all of those channels and fields. And um, so I'm guessing that this leads to some kind of anecdotal comparisons or, uh, you know, stories about cheese, things that you've seen, like if you visited a farm or dairy and then, and then how you might be able to use hum humor to help you recall, remember either being there or, or the joke. Are there anecdotes that you're kind of that you play with, whether it's based on real legend or just your own musings and stories? Yeah, um, for sure. I use I use a humor a lot to remember certain cheeses. Um, for instance, when I was um, when I was doing my podcast, I remember I did an episode on Tarantay's cheese. Tarantay's cheese is a cheese from Springbrook Farms in Reading, Vermont. Um, there's a lot to unpack about the cheese itself. It's a wonderful cheese. That, it's a homage to Beaufort cheeses of the Tarantaise Valley of the French Alps, but it's made in Vermont. So anyways, uh, I, I happened to look up uh, when I was researching this cheese, I happened to look up the census for Reading, Vermont to kind of learn more about that town. And there were 666 people living in that town when the census was was done. 
Uh, I think that was like in 2010 or 2020, something like that. So I made the joke, whatever, that was like, oh, 666 people, 666, this is the devil's cheese, you know, just as like a dumb little joke, uh, but it helped me remember it, right? So, and it also helps like make the sales of customers sometimes. Maybe some gothic teen walks into the cheese shop, boom, let me tell you about the devil cheese. You know, I give it a funny antidote, but then I can go from there breaking the ice with the funny, the little antidote, and then teach them about the making of the Alpine style cheese and the cool significance behind it and really give them like the deeper story and meaning behind it so yeah i think like uh stuff like that or the you know there's more examples like if you look at roquefort there's the roquefort legend of the guy leaving his lunch in the cave and then coming back like a a few days later to see that it had molded and he smelled it and tasted it and then that's how you know that's the legend of roquefort and how that was born um whether that's true or not who knows but you know it's all those tales help you uh, remember uh, and tell tell the story, and that's that's what the work is at the counter to getting folks to kind of have a little story, maybe to bring home. Uh, I, I love anecdotes, but my when I my anecdotes are usually applied more in my like a cheese education class, maybe. So I, I make I might make a point for for a different reason, but like uh, like uh, I might bring up my uncle Louie. Yeah, uh, yeah. When, uh, if I'm making a point about fermented foods, and then Uncle Louie comes up. You know, he's like, you know, he might, you know, every time I'll, I'll complain maybe about my stomach hurting. He's like, you know, Joe, you know why your stomach hurts? It's because from eating all that raw, raw sushi fish, you know, you need to eat a nice sandwich, you know, maybe some brujut, some mozzarella, you know, that's what you need to be. None of that sushi. And I'm like, I'm like, Uncle Louie, you know, prosciutto is a, a raw pig's ass cheek. You know that, right? And then his like head explodes. He's like, what, what are you talking about? It's not raw. It's for you. I'm like, that's all right, Louie. Just keep it. Keep it. You have your sandwich. I love sandwiches too, Uncle Louie. I'll have a let's go, let's have a sandwich, you know. But it's so. But that that'll be my roundabout way of. I feel like Uncle Louie was in the room just now with us. <laughs> Uncle Louie, Uncle Louie, he, he tends to show up when food shows up. Yeah, yeah, you know, he tends to hover. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? You know, um, yeah. He he he's he he does he likes sharp cheese. Uncle Louie likes sharp cheese. You know. He'll 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 uh, he'll always make a point to uh, you know to to give him something sharp and flavorful you know no, nothing weird you know just give me something normal none of that none of the none of the goat's cheeses you know just something yeah. normal it's like all right all right Uncle Louie here you go <laughs> you know uh, so yeah he likes sharp, sharp everything's compared to sharp provolone that's where that's his benchmark you know sharp provolone uh, and then that's the center of his universe for cheese you know. So, but we love Uncle Louie. He, he's he's a he's a he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, but um, what about like uh, dairy farms? You you visit many of these? You get out much? Uh, do you get to or have excursions to understanding some of the stories, or do you get to read about them? Yeah, I would love to visit more dairy farms. I've been to maybe a few, but I love reading about there. I really love to read about dairy farms, and I like learning. I think like hearing about the farms helps me learn more about the cheese. Hearing about the um, cheese makers and stuff gets me a better understanding of cheese. Um, you know, you, you have to imagine these farms are essentially homes for people. And if, if, if they aren't immediate homes, they are workplaces where people are spending the majority of their time. So I don't know about you, but some of the funniest jokes I heard come from work or, you know, the homes like with uncle Louie, you know, and he's like, Hey, you know, I can imagine uncle Louie on a farm, you know, <laughs> just visiting and just, just kind of like making jokes around and things like silly things like having to work. So I think those little, you know, I think the farm itself and stuff could lead to like funny stuff and funny anecdotes too. Um, for example, if you look at Springbrook's farm again in, in Reading, Vermont, um, I remember reading that they have a 
they have different sources for their milk. Uh, so they source milk from different farms at times. So they built this like custom truck to transport milk from one farm to the other. And when I saw pictures of the truck, it just looked like they just took an F-150 and they just cut the bed out and put a big tank on of milk in the back. And I thought that was kind of funny. And I started imagining like what other vehicles you could modify to transport milk. You could modify to El Camino and call it a milk Camino. <laughs> uh, I thought that would be funny. Or instead, you could, nice, just, yeah. you could have like yeah. a like a lamb burgini uh diablo but you could have it a cow burgini diablo if it's cow's milk and then if you have the diablo in there it works because we established this the devil's cheese with the 666 census so it all came back full circle uh, uh yeah very silly very silly i but, love uh, that i love that uncle louie would be proud yeah so now you're never going to forget about tarantates because it comes from <laughs> the milk camino of a uh, uh, 666 easy stuff but yeah i love that stuff it sticks in your head that way it sticks yeah, it in your head that way yeah uncle louie you know hey yeah. this, kid, this kid's sharp sharp like provolone you know <laughs> I, I feel like we all have an uncle louie yeah he asked me the other day or last time i saw him hey joe is it true they're, they're starting to milk goats now in the united states is that true is that true i'm like uh, yeah uncle louie they do that they do that now it's yeah 2023 jim gaffigan has a great joke about Speaking of comedians, Jim Gavigan is like the cheese joke god, by the way. I don't know if anyone's a fan of Jim Gavigan, but he's got a lot of jokes about cheese. And one of them, one of them is about milk and goats. He's like, I bet <laughs> he's like, uh, he's talked about like eating goat cheese. And he's like, or his goats just call it cheese. He's like, I never looked at a goat and thought, I bet that would make good cheese. <laughs> like, who, who was like, this cow cheese is good. But do you see that dog that looks like it smoked meth? I bet that would make good cheese. <laughs> <laughs> who would milk a goat he got a lot of food jokes but yeah he's a whole compartment he probably had a, a whole listing of, of cheese jokes like i think he mentioned something that i remember a spray cheese joke he talked about too he's into the spray cheese uh i do remember he had a spray cheese joke yeah he's like how lazy do you have to be to where you're like i like cheese but i can we just make it spray <laughs> i remember that joke that was good yeah I haven't seen spray cheese in a while, but um, we, we, we're surrounded by beautiful cheese. We don't need the spray cheese, but uh, I love hearing jokes about spray cheese. It, um, it, it kind of keeps us uh, keeps us grounded, you know, keeps us grounded. But hey, ho- hey, Jeff, hang out for a second. We're going to take a short break here, and then I want to dig into more about what's going on uh, in your world. So just hang out a second. We're going to hear a real quick message from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. 
Okay, welcome back, everyone. We're here chatting with cheesemonger and comedian Jeff Buck here on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Uh, Jeff, we were just talking about a lot of fun cheese bits. We were uh, mentioning Jeff, Jim Gaffigan, and then we were mentioning some 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 sometimes you work some bits into your into your uh, stand up gigs. Do you draw from other? bits that you've seen online or do you have poems or songs or parodies that you like to work in that are openers or closers or part of your evening or do you tell mostly non non cheese content and and keep your uh cheese jokes for when you're doing just the cheese podcast like how does that work um yeah honestly i don't have a lot of cheese jokes in my stand-up act itself uh maybe i should try to incorporate some more but i have like um i've written some cheese i mean there's definitely a lot of uh iconic and famous cheese jokes from other people out there that i i love to hear um but there i do i have some stuff i've done myself with cheese like um i wrote a cheese song one time i think it was even for that live show that we did in new orleans together uh, it was called "I Feel Like Cheese," uh, and it's a ch- it's just you know a song. And sometimes when you feel like cheese, I'm not gonna. I don't know if I'll sing it. It's more of like a. I'll just I'll read it as a poem. Maybe it will work better on the on the podcast because I don't have a full. Uh, had like a beat, yeah. It could go better with like a live band or a beat or something like that. But uh, the song, uh, the poem, it'll, it'll go like this. It'll say like uh, "I feel like cheese." And then someone will echo, like, cheese. And then I go, I'm stinky, but I'm classy. I'm stinky, but I'm classy. Don't think that you'll outlast me. I'm stinky, but I'm classy. And then uh, I say, I'm stinky, but I'm classy. Don't think that you'll outlast me. I dress for less, but I still impress. I'm a mess, but I'm still the best. Unlike the rest, I'm sort of fresh. Smell the funk all on my breath. Gouda, Mott's, Feta, Cheddar. Whatever you craft, mine is better. American singles don't stretch like elastic. You're gunning for the top, but how's it shoot if it's plastic? I'm all washed up and I smell like feet, but I'm still in the cut at the party like cheese. Like cheese, and then you just repeat again. I feel like cheese, like cheese. It's a fun time. Maybe I'll, uh, uh, maybe I'll, I'll post it somewhere publicly for people to hear. We need a beat machine. We need a beat machine for that. Yeah, if you put a beat on, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it a little better. But it's a, yeah, it's fun. I think I have it recorded somewhere. We need to get more sophisticated with our engineering for the next time. No, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. You have that's an original though. That's a that's original. That's your original song. The audience might like to hear. Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll open or close with it. Sure, I can send you the file. I have a recording of it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. I've only ever been. I've the farthest I've ever gone to this point is I can only, uh, uh, you know, parody a, an already famous song that's already been written that's the best i've done i haven't come up with an original yet but um but but uh when there was uh you know we we did a a a cheese karaoke at the acs not long ago and uh it's still fresh in our minds what are the what are the delays you know the delays of uh the port delays from 2021 to 2022 real brutal even from 2020 to 2022 um, and even early into this year, they were, they were pretty brutal, you know, month long, six weeks, four weeks was just normal. You yeah. know, sometimes, sometimes stuff went to Jamaica first and then they would come back to the USA to come back to the port. It would go to the port of New York, get denied. The line was too long. They had other stops to make. It would go South, come back North. I mean, it, you know, it was, it was brutal. 
But um, yeah. this this was this motivated me to come up with some kind of song about the delay. So to the tune of uh, of living on the prayer. Well, you know, Bon Jovi. They, they first wrote the song about delays at port. It was it, they were very uh, yeah. They had the foresight. They knew that there was going to be delays. So they they had the song. It was it was called Waiting on Gruyere, but then they changed <laughs> it to Living on the Prayer. They changed it. Okay, okay, I'm with uh, you. But but it, but it first started out as uh, Waiting on Gruyere. But uh, you want to hear how that goes? I I do. I'm waiting, anxious. I want to hear this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so it's just, it's just the chorus. It's one line. It's Whoa, the boat's not there. Whoa, waiting on Gruyere. There ain't no way it's coming in by air. Whoa, waiting on Gruyere. Waiting on Wow. That was a show. You can sing, man. That was impressive. Oh, that reminds that, that, that leads to, because, okay. So you said, you say, uh, Bon Jovi. What if, what if his name was anchovy and, uh, he was an anchovy and he had a different song that, that was like, uh, the, the song would be like, um, what's that song that he had? Like, uh, hook through the mouth and, it's not fair. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, something about somebody about getting hooked, and then uh, you give love a bad name. Yeah, yeah. You give fish a bad name, maybe. Who knows? Whatever. All right, you get it. Someone else write that parody. But the the name anchovy is there. It's waiting for it. Anyways, <laughs> I like that. So that could be, that could be a fish. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, a tin fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean Gruyere par- cheese parodies, but maybe there's a new genre would be tin fish parodies. That would be really going deep. The audience would lo- the audience would love that. The audience, I think, likes parodies. Oh, for sure, dude. We'll start our own band of just tin fish and cheese parodies, and the, we'll sell out arenas. I, I, I at least uh, at least at solid uh, at, you know cheese stores or, or small halls. Yeah, we could yeah. we could have some fun. We could have our own cheese rave. That, that's what I think. All, all we need right now. We don't need to even sell out one of these big arenas. So I think we just our community really thrives. On getting together and, and just having these cathartic, um, fun uh, releases. You know, everybody's working so hard. Um, everybody's up against some stress. So when we get together, it's almost like we're all really vibing on that on that wavelength. It's like we all feel it. We all know how difficult this work can be. Right? That's what's beautiful about our community is that we all, on some level, are like commiserating and celebrating at the same time. Yeah. That's what I love about our community. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I love that. I love going to any any of the cheese festivals and meetups are always a good time. And and how about I'm imagining you must have some celebrity impressions that have something to do with cheese or food or kippered fish or something. What what's uh what about that? How about you? Do you have anything uh, brewing on that front? Yeah. Yeah, you were impressing me with the Uncle Louie end of it all. So I'm, I was trying to think of like what impressions I'm good at. I'm not great at impressions. I'm not one of the comics that does the impressions usually. But if, if I had to pick some, I could do an I think like everyone could do an Owen Wilson. So it'd be like this is my impression of Owen Wilson maybe opening up a funky Telegio. He's like uh <laughs> wow, wow. That smells. Wow. <laughs> So there's that. I mean, you know, you just get the, wow, that's a funky cheese. Wow. All right. Okay. You know, so you've got uh, Owen Wilson there. Um, who else? I mean, you've, do you, what do you, do you have a Christopher Walken? Everyone can do a Christopher Walken. I feel like you could do a Christopher Walken. Yeah, I do have a Christopher Walken because, I mean, he's one of the top five to try to, uh, you know, 
grab. And and even a bad impression of him is fun, I think. So hopefully mine will just fall somewhere in there. But um, actually, he's here. Um, oh, oh, he's oh, you got him for the podcast? Okay, cool. Yeah, I got him. I got him to show up because you know he he likes he likes. I think he likes cheese. So so uh, so Christopher, uh, you know, Joe, I'm so glad you asked. I do love cheese. <laughs> it's so odiferous. <laughs> <laughs> Please uh, bring me some Emmentaler. Wow. How'd you know I love cheese? <laughs> uh, That's about all what? I got. That Thank you, Chris. That, that was good. Yeah. And now, and now after this conversation, I think I love cheese. It almost went to an Arnold a little bit there. He almost Christopher sounded a little Arnold, more of like a That's right. He was getting into a little Arnold, a little Arnold. Now everyone does Trump these days too. You could do one of those. Like it's the best cheese. Everyone knows the best cheese is the muscle. I can't do that. I can't. Again, I'm very bad at it. Matthew Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, I like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. The best thing about the best thing about aged cheese. I get older. It tastes even better. <laughs> you know, whatever. That's so stupid. The best thing about. The best thing about a young cheese, I get older, it stays the same age. <laughs> Four-month cheddar. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're just arming you with your next stage uh, uh, gig. You, you, got, you got plenty of new material now. See, we see what's happening here on the show? At Cutting the Curd. Cutting the Curd serves all channels. Comedy channels and our cheese community. I don't know. I don't know if this will make it. This might make it behind the cheese case. I don't know if it'll make it on stage, but it could, you know, who knows. Uh-huh. So... So what's what's next for you in cheese or comedy? Now you 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 were rubbing elbows with Patton Oswalt, Nikki Glaser, some big names. Um, does this mean you're like on the path to opening up a comedy club that specializes <laughs> in cheese tasting and salumi boards? Like, are you getting you know uh, opening your own channel here? I mean, it's, it's some, this is some <laughs> big names you've been hanging out with there. Yeah, no, I I mean, thank you. I've been I've been very fortunate and very blessed to. Um, and lucky uh, to be able to work with some of the comedians that I've worked with uh, recently. But no, I don't think I'm going to open up a comedy club as much as I love producing shows. Um, you know, I, I'd like to be on a stage more than behind the stage. Um, I do, however, you know, I, I fantasize about doing like a cheese tour or something of that nature where I, you know, we were talking about dairy farms earlier and hanging out with cheese people. If I could find a way to like travel around, uh, in, to different dairy farms or cheese shops or something of that nature, whatever that looks like and perform comedy to this community of cheese people, um, call it like, I don't know, the cheesy joke tour or something. I could bring some other comedian friends with me or, or source some of the funny comedians in their their local cities and towns um you know i think that would be a lot of fun if anyone if anyone listening is interested in having me come to their shop their farm whatever and do that reach out to me let's see what we can do maybe i can make that work i don't mind i mean i love going on the road and doing comedy and if i can center that around cheese i mean that'd be even better you know keep the cheese wheels turning baby let's go uh yeah i don't know it could be fun. Reach out to me. If you're interested in that, reach out to me. I think the world could always use more comedy, so why not? I mean, since you know cheese, I would I would hit up every cheese festival function convention and see if they want you to uh, you know in there in to some capacity. Why not? You know. Yeah, we can bring you out too. Get you singing some Bon Jovi covers and some parrot. We can do a little cheesy karaoke night. Yeah, 
Oh, that's already happening. You know, right? I'm, so oh. I, haven't, I haven't seen you at the last ACS or two, but that's already a thing. Tom's Tom Perry. Um, so you could follow him at Thomas the Mongrel. Give Tom Perry a plug. He he's just been on cutting the curve last episode or two. Um, he he does one of the, one of the many things. One of the many hats he he wears is that he runs a cheese karaoke called Midnight Mongers, uh, and that that's been catching on since 2018. It took a break in 20, and then uh, yeah yeah. So yeah, he and the first time he had a live band, he had he had a live band uh, support uh, the cause uh, out in um, um, in Des Moines in, in just this past summer. So it was it was super tight. It was a uh, I think I think really the way to go it was exciting. Well, yeah, I need to hit I need to hit up Tom then. We could do a little pre comedy show and then we'll do karaoke after or something. That could be fun. I don't know. We'll see. That you should definitely write a note to him, hit him up. Uh, it'll be, you know, but it's happening in Buffalo this year. So maybe um, that's a big, big journey for you. But, um, but yeah, hit him up. See what's, see what's possible. You never know. I like Buffalo. They got, they got good wings. They got good sauce. I know. I know. That's, that's, that's how that's, that's how it got its name. Right. Um, and uh, what, what other shows are plugs? What, what's, so you want to explain anything more or plug what's going on? I mean, what's happening like this month, this week, uh, in the next six, seven, eight weeks, what, what's happening? I guess this comes out either today or tomorrow while we're recording. So yeah, if you're in the LA area, just in general, if you want to check us out, uh, check me out. I, I produce some shows. So the comedy basement is a show that I do every, um, or it's in the grand central market once a month. And the next one will be October 26. Uh, the comedy patio is also a show I do once a month, maybe more frequent, Fingers crossed. We're going to try and do that more frequently soon here uh, at Grand Central on the patio of Grand Central, believe it or not. I just like to pick locations and put comedy before the name. That's how I do my shows, apparently. Uh, and that one is actually this Wednesday. If you're in the area, it's Wednesday. Uh, both of those shows are free. And those are the shows that you've seen people like uh, uh, recently, Pat Oswalt, Nikki Glazer, Eliza Schlesinger, Trevor Wallace, uh, you know, fun cool comedians and things like that. And then the newest show is Sardines Comedy. That's the one I was talking about that we do at the Kippard Wine Bar uh, next to the cheese shop. And that's been a lot of fun. We just had one uh, this past Wednesday. I think um, we try and, we're going to try and do that the first Wednesday every month. Um, and we just had Doug Benson on that last most recent one. I did a character called Sammy the Sardine. Uh, he made an appearance. He's kind of the mascot of the show. Kind of has an Uncle Louie accent. He's pretty fun. The people love him. Uh, and those are fun. So, yeah, those are the three shows I'm producing right now. They're all really fun. Maybe I'll do Return of the Say Cheese podcast. Who knows? Maybe I can get that going again. Um, but, yeah, just in general, follow me on my social accounts at Funny as Buck uh, to kind of keep up with anything and everything I'm doing um, if you really want to check me out. Right on. Well, I do hope, I do certainly hope in some way you reserve, you um, re- make a return of the Say Cheese podcast. I really enjoyed it and I still enjoy listening to your past episodes. And uh, yeah, so Jeff, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for uh, sharing your time and your insights about uh, what's going on in the com- comedic world, the comedy channels, and what you have going on with Cheese. And, and hopefully it, it, our audience can find some inspiration between either of those topics yeah thank you joe thank you so much for having me i appreciate being here i do uh, just real quick before i leave i just want to reiterate that i think that um yeah cheese and comedy are very closely tied together 
It's always talking about cutting the cheese as farts. Fart jokes are funny. So I, I love being funny and I love being involved in this community. And I think there's always going to be a place for humor uh, where, where there is cheese. So thanks for having me and let me speak on your program. I'm a big fan. Awesome, man. Come back again sometime. Uh, hope to talk to you soon and we hope to follow your work. Yeah, we'd love to come back sometime soon. All right, everyone. You could follow Jeff Buck on Instagram at funniestbuck. And you could follow us on Instagram at Cutting the Curd and follow me at Sting Chef. Please listen and subscribe to Cutting the Curd via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please give us a higher four-star or five-star rating if you like us a lot. It will mean so much and also really help us broaden our audience. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And if you love someone, send them cheese. Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.